Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining us today. And, and for today's episode, uh, I have on the podcast Peter Clayman, who is I've actually had the opportunity of connecting with before in person, uh, but we're going to further get to know each other today on the podcast. So, Peter, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Hey, Nathan, thanks for having me. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm really excited, actually, about the direction we're going to take this conversation as, as we get further into it. Um, we're going to be talking about artistry versus business. And um, this is a topic that's come up a little bit on the, the podcast before, but we really haven't kind of directed a whole episode toward it. So we're going to get to that here in just a little bit. Um, but I'd like to get our podcast episodes started with a quick value add for those listening in. If they can only listen for five minutes, I still want them to walk away with something. And uh, so I, I call this the aha moment. I'm curious if you describe an aha moment that you experienced in your business that helped kind of move it forward, catapult it forward. Sure. I've probably had two aha moments. The first was when I was working in corporate America and a friend of mine sold me my first camera and I went out not knowing anything whatsoever about photography and came back feeling enthusiastic about it. And then I was getting feedback from friends of mine that I actually had an eye. And so when I became an apprentice for a friend of mine who did wedding photography, he quickly realized as well that, hey, you know, if you really want to do something with your life in terms of photography, then uh, you may want to move forward. And because I was sort of becoming disillusioned with the corporate style of life, I went ahead and quit my day job and became and did this full time. So that was my artistic aha moment, my business side aha moment, because I used to sell software for a living, uh, multi-million dollar software to be specific. And uh, I would actually quickly able to create connections and partnerships and get leads from people that then turned into a business that I could, uh, you know, sustain moving forward. That's really interesting. Okay, so first of all, with as you got started in photography, somebody noticed your talent. Um, did you go and apprentice with that person or, or with a different studio? No, actually, that's a good question. I actually became an apprentice for that person. So. Uh, long story short, my friend used to work for Ritz Camera, those who are old enough to re still remember what totally Ritz remember. Camera was all about. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he also did wedding photography on the side. And uh, because of the initial experience I had with my camera, I really became his apprentice for a couple of years. And uh, so I really sort of honed in on what to look for and then took that with my own intuition and kind of ran with it. That's really great. And I think, you know, for those who may just be getting into photography or are curious about getting into professional photography, rather than going the route of spending a ton of money to go to school somewhere, this apprenticeship route makes so much more sense. I mean, there's plenty of education online these days as well that's that's cost little to nothing. Um, but actually being in the environment of a studio where you not only learn the photographic side, but the business side, which, of course, we're going to talk about today, is so important. So I, I bet that that experience was invaluable. It was completely invaluable, and it took me from the first year doing this full-time. I went from eight weddings the first year to 53 weddings the second year, so oh. it was completely invaluable. Wow, that's huge. Okay, wow. And how many do you shoot a year right now? 
So between photo and video, and if you combine the two together here, we do about 300 weddings a year. But specifically on the photography side, we do approximately about 100 to 125 weddings. Then if you factor in all the family sessions, newborn sessions, which really, if you think about it, are a byproduct from the wedding. So it's sure. really where we get you know that part of it. You could probably add another 40 to 50 events that we do related to those things. Wow. So we're very fortunate to, to be wanted and, and work hard for our couples. That's incredible. Wow. And I'm sure we could kind of have a whole podcast episode, separate episode, just <laughs> talking about how you built your business, uh, what what led to the place where you're this busy. And maybe, maybe we can have you back on again at some point. But um, you also mentioned the significance of relationships that you learned through your experience selling software. Can you expound on that just a little bit? I mean, this, this almost seems like a given, but I think it's good to be reminded of the significance of that fact. So whenever you have an opportunity in life, you know, I believe that especially if you're going to take a risk and you're leaving a comfortable environment, which was really what I was in, I was earning a six-figure salary. And I went ahead and got rid of that six-figure salary and everybody thought I was crazy. But the one benefit I had is being able and what I recommend to anybody is create relationships no matter where they are. So if you think about it, I really hadn't shot any weddings before. And one day I was driving past a David's bridal and I walked into a David's bridal because I knew, of course, brides buy dresses. And I said, uh, do you guys have any partnerships with any kind of photographers? <clears throat> and they said no. And they pointed me into the uh, corporate uh, department and I got in touch with them. And uh, it is a pay for play kind of situation. But under the circumstance that I was in, I had planned on you know, using money that I had saved up from my corporate job to take advantage of things like this. So what I did was I actually got a lead list from David's Bridal. And by the way, as a side note, looking back on it, I don't recommend, okay, having a relationship with them, but at the time it certainly served its purpose. Sure. But, but what I did was I actually took the leads, I would call upon these people, I would be in the store, meet and greet, I would put a sign on the back of my car, and then slowly but surely, you know, just based on the fact that people enjoyed being around me. Was I a great photographer? Absolutely not. But at the time, I was somebody that you could work with. My work was good enough at the time, and it was constantly evolving. And so I formed those relationships, and I used it to leverage and get, and get couples to sign on with me. And then I, you know, as I went from venue to venue, so think about the domino effect this happened. I went from venue to venue for the first time introducing myself, giving these people photos that I had taken. And they liked what I did. And I was being asked to invite back. I was being on a preferred vendor list. And then their friends, okay, another domino fell. Your friends uh, of the bride and groom would see what I was doing. And so really, I, I started with absolutely nothing. And I took a risk. And from that risk, I built the relationships. And I was able to seize probably as many opportunities as I possibly could. Wow. And, and I'm, I, I'm hearing yet another podcast episode coming just from that, <laughs> that point of conversation. This has really been great already. It reminds me of a book that I read a number of years ago called Never Eat Alone by Keith Frazzi. And we'll make sure that we link to the book uh, in the show notes. But taking advantage of any and every opportunity to connect with somebody, to develop a relationship is 
is key. I mean, it, it's on a personal level, just in life in general, obviously we receive significant benefit from our connections with individuals. And, and personally, I, I prefer a deeper, more intimate connection where I get to have deep conversation, really connect with somebody, get to know them on a deep level. But when it comes to business, we, we really can't build a business without focusing on relationships. And this, this of course, is relationships with clients as well as uh, vendors in the industry. And I've told this story many times before, but a large portion of my wedding photography business when I was shooting was built on the back of a relationship that I had with a wedding coordinator um, who not only would refer business to us, but would literally come to our office, sit down with me and this potential client. And I didn't have to say a thing. She would literally sell my business for me right in front of me. And it was just a, it was a spectacular relationship, but a great example of the significance of these relationships and why we should make the effort to build them. And, and I like the point that you make about taking a risk, putting yourself out there, making a little bit of extra effort, and it can have a massive, massive domino effect. So this is a, wow, this is a really powerful way to start us off. Uh, you gave us an incredible amount of information already, and uh, I'm excited to, to share that with our listeners. Now, I want to take a step back from the business side for just a second and get to know you a little bit of it. Tell us about what your day-to-day -day looks like, what you like to do with your free time. So uh, it, my day-to-day -day at this point as you can imagine, being fall in New England is that, you know, I'm pretty much working seven days a week. And, uh, you know, the day is broken down into a couple of, of you know, different categories, if you will, um, you know, splattered through the beginning all the way through the evening. I, I'm certainly dealing with not only, you know, couples that we're currently working with, but also couples that, you know, would potentially hire us and book us. So that, that's one aspect of the day. The other aspect is managing the deliverables um, that are to our clients. One of the things that I highly recommend to anybody, and this is really something that that shouldn't go, you know, unmentioned here, is that, you know, you should definitely underpromise and overdeliver, and make sure that you are on time. And what you say is what is going to happen. So I manage the deliverables of our clients including um, utilizing a, a, you know, a great company for editing, Photographer's Edit. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> there you go. And uh, you guys have been immensely helpful in our turnaround times and helping us meet our deadlines. So we have our deliverables and then just really you know, reaching out and following up on everybody from you know, the cake people that need photos all the way to the venues that are, are looking to utilize um, so that's kind of what the day to day looks like, you know, sort of, you know, and it varies, of course. Sure. Um, and then free time, if that is such a thing, or maybe that's an oxymoron in, in, <laughs> in my in my world right at the moment here. But I'm really focused. I'm a single dad to uh, three great kids and uh, really try to focus, you know, on their needs and, you know, try to get, you know, everything. I'm also a, a workout, you know, fiend. I work out seven days a week. Um, at the gym, four days, I run seven days a week. I, wow. I average 75 to 100 miles per month. And it's really therapeutic um, in order to help me sort of focus and get a little bit of me time. Um, but yeah, that's, that what go, that's what goes on uh, <laughs> to one degree or another day by day. Wow, that's really interesting. And you know what stood out to me when you were talking about the day-to-day -day activities in your business? I had a similar conversation with another photographer uh, for the Boca podcast talking about the fact that 
the focus in in their business is on running the business versus kind of being run by the business. You're you're actively, very proactively being the manager of the company versus kind of letting it determine what you have to do day to day. And a lot of photographers in our industry have a tendency of and, and I've certainly been guilty of it, of just kind of reacting to the moment. You know, whatever is in front of them in the, mo- in the moment, they're reacting to that, feel like they need to get their hands in that versus taking a step back, looking at the bigger picture and seeing where certainly you your talents can be utilized uh, best and then delegating out the rest. And of course, in your case, uh, working with a team. So uh, this is a, a really good reminder again for us of the significance of being proactive and being working on your business versus simply being kind of stuck in your business. I I love that. Yeah. And Nathan, if I could just bring up one more thing, there are certainly times that, you know, you know, we all have to be reactive and I'm certainly, you know, one of those people, you, you know, I'd love to tell you, of course, that every single one of our couples is, you know, hundred percent happy, a hundred percent of the time. And of course, you know, that that's not always the case, but the reactive part in the thing that I do is that if there's an issue and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's completely minor or major, uh, I'm on it right away and I hit it head on. And even if it's something uncomfortable or, or whatever that I have to deal with, you know, I own it and I own it with the couple and the couples. And one of the reasons why we get hired over and over is because I do address, you know, things right away and don't let it turn something small into something major. I love it. Well, but there again, you're being proactive about it and that you are dealing with it head on versus kind of letting it play out. And and then you run into even more problems down the road. So again, wonderful example for our listeners. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, um, as a business owner, finding that free time can be difficult. You're talking about the amount of time that you dedicate uh, certainly to your kids and then also to working out. How do you, are there certain things that you do, a certain tool or tools or techniques that you have utilized to create some of that time for yourself? Yeah, I think for me, I have to, and, and it's something I, I think I've always had a, a decent understanding of, is I have to understand and, and always be aware of what my biorhythm is for the day. And what I mean by that is for me, I love to work out you know, towards the morning, not at the crack of dawn, but towards the morning. So once the kids are off in bed, I feel like I can sort of gather my thoughts and go for like a five mile run. And then once I get done with the run and had chance to sort of process everything, kind of use that production for the late morning into the afternoon. And then, you know, my kids will come home. Of course, you know, I've got to address and and be with them. And then towards the evening, I'll have meetings with clients and follow up phone calls or whatever it might be. So that's kind of the rhythm of my day. I feel like for the most part, um, I feel the most productive. And uh, of course, on the weekends, you know, we all have weddings to do. It, and so it's just, uh, you know, the cycle we go through. Yeah, but I, I love that. I love the self-awareness there. And I think it is important. It's something that I've talked about in creating um, even a, just a loose daily schedule uh, in the past in the Boca podcast. And it is one of the things that I mentioned, at least for me, for my schedule, it makes most sense that I work out first thing in the morning, not necessarily because my body is the strongest then. I've actually found that, I, that I'm stronger in workouts in the afternoon, but because I know mm-hmm. that, that um, it kind of gives me a boost to my day, kind of a jump start. And I also don't want to risk not getting the workout in. And I know if I put it off until later in the day, um, there's a likelihood that, that I'll just put it off altogether. Um, so yep. for me, that works best as well. But I, I think the self-awareness there is really, really important. And making time for yourself in that is also a great example. If you guys, I mean, whether it's, you know, something like going to the gym or taking time to, to meditate or otherwise taking care of your health, 
Uh, and, and even educating yourself, taking a little bit of time to read a book that helps you in the business world or even a self-help book that can ultimately translate to what you're doing in business. Making time to make yourself better uh, is, is always, always should be a priority. And I love that you make that, that happen first thing in the day. That's really great. Now, how did you get into photography in the first place? You mentioned selling software before. How did you get into photography and then, and then land on engagement and wedding photography? Yeah, so... Uh so when I was selling software, as I mentioned, uh, it was uh, towards the million-dollar marker each piece of software. So it was enterprise business-level software. So I was very fortunate that I had some terrific years. And uh, so essentially, I had money burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> and so, yeah, which uh, how many times can we all say it's we have seriously. money a hole in our pocket? Yeah. Not very often. So that friend of mine, um, I knew I was heading on vacation up to Vermont. So I live in southern New Hampshire, was heading up to Vermont you know, for a long weekend. And so it was fall. I wanted to, you know, capture some of the scenery. So my friend that worked for Ritz camera, I said, you know, I want a camera. I don't know what I want. Just hook me up and away we go. So he hooked me up with a, uh, a Nikon film camera. Do you remember which model? I think it was the N60. If yes. I'm, you know, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, um, and I put it on P for professional, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so I went out there and, uh, you know, I had the film developed and I remember distinctly the guy at Ritz camera who developed the film, you know, uh, when I was going to pick up the, you know, the photos said, uh, were you the one that took these pictures? And I said, yeah, he goes, good job. And of course I didn't think anything of it, but when I started taking a look at it, I'm like, well, these aren't bad. So long story short, I had the photos framed and I had a party at my house and I had a bunch of my friends take a look, you know, at the photos. And I said, you know, I picked up these photos. And so what does everybody think of them? You know, just so for some feedback, do you think they, yeah. you know, they were worth getting? And they were like, oh, yeah, these are great. These are great. And so then finally I said, well, I took these. And the response was, no, you didn't. Because <laughs> um, everybody who ever knew me knew I came from a business background, not an artistic background. Sure. And so from there... My friend who, uh, as I mentioned, sold me the camera, um, he shot weddings. He also shot sports for the University of New Hampshire. And so I would tag along with him uh, for weddings and just kind of learn about it and liked, uh, quite frankly, I liked what happened. And I also liked that for my understanding, the highest amount of money that could be made was generally speaking for him in the, in the wedding and engagements. And so I kind of wanted to zoom in on that, you know, potentially to do it as a career. And it actually turned out pretty well. Huh. That's really, really interesting. And, and now here you are. How many years later? How long have you been in business? So I uh, started my company full time on. Are you ready for this? I, I remember the exact date. July 14th, 2003. Oh, wow. That's awesome. OK. Yep. And I did it part time a little bit before that. But that's when I became a real business and registered with the state and, you know, so on and so forth. That's really cool. So, wow. I mean, 14 years and, and going strong, which says a lot, again, about your business acumen. And I'd like to kind of dive into that a little bit. I know you consider yourself more a business person. You even just alluded to it, uh, more a business person than an artist. And I, I know this can be potentially a polarizing conversation in the photography <laughs> industry, which is part of why I actually want to talk about it. I love a little bit of controversy. But um, <laughs> do, do you have you, you mentioned you've got a business background. What did you study in college? So, yes, I have taken the, the path, path least traveled in terms of photography. So I got my degree in business administration, focusing on marketing from the University of Maine and took absolutely zero 
related photography courses <laughs> and knew nothing about what aperture shutter, what any of it meant. Um, and once I certainly started getting into it, that's when I would focus either on surrounding myself with good people that could speak English and so I could understand them. Um, and as well as going to seminars, but yeah, my original background has nothing to do with photography. Huh. That's really interesting though. So this focus on business, what would you say, uh, the immediate benefits of that, that awareness of just basic business principles, what it means to, to run an effective business. How did that play a role in getting your, your business off the ground so quickly? Yeah, I think it played an incredible role on, on a couple of fronts. Number one is that I was focused on becoming profitable from day one. I was never going to do a transaction or uh, provide a service that was not going to be profitable in some way, shape or form. Now, did, was I very inexpensive in the beginning before I established myself? Of course I was. Sure. But also my overall overhead and costs were also next to nothing. Right. So I built my business incrementally as you know, I, would, uh, I would acquire the revenue. So from a business background, I knew that I had to be profitable on, on day one. The, the second part of the, of the business was, and we already spoken about the relationships, but I knew that I had relationships in the corporate world and I knew how they, important they were. So that was number two. But so number three was really creating a differentiator. You know, we've all gotten those emails and phone calls and texts saying, you know, how much do you cost and are you available for that date? So one of the things that I was, you know, really learned from the business world is how to differentiate myself What are, and, and then latch those differentiators on to what mattered to the couple. Yes. Okay. Because the couple is couple centric. You know, all the people that are going around getting married right now, you know, a lot of them have healthy perspectives that it's one day of many that are going to be terrific in my life, but that we, we all know we have many couples where the pinnacle of things, at least at the moment, is really on their wedding day. So you really have to be able to latch on what's important to them and why you're different than anybody else. So those are probably three things right there. Uh, from my business background. So profitability, relationships, and being able to differentiate myself so that people could connect and easily hire me knowing that the, the job would get done properly. Wow, this is great. And, and I have to say, you're a very clear communicator. This is an obvious talent, and I'm sure this, this plays out uh, quite positively for you and your business and the way that you interact with your clients. But I, I really want to kind of focus on that, that the last of those mm -hmm. three points in particular, because uh, and this is something that I that I talk about a lot in the Boca podcast, but I don't think we can talk about it too much. The significance of actually creating a distinction for yourself in your business amidst your local market, or if you work on a larger scale on that within that larger market, is really really important. Um, it certainly make the, the photographer's job much easier marketing their business if they can speak very very specifically to what their business offers that's different than the other businesses. But what I really love about that third point that you made is the significance of client awareness and creating that distinction. It's one thing to say, you know what, this is what I want my business to represent. But it's another thing to be keenly aware of your local market and say, based on that awareness, 
that market awareness, I'm going to establish this particular position in the market. And that is an absolutely wonderful example that I haven't really heard from anybody else on our podcast. So thank you for, for making that point and reminding all of us of the significance of that. We need to be, I mean, you know, again, and this kind of goes to the conversation of, of artists versus uh, focus on art versus business. Um, and to be clear, I don't think it's mutually exclusive and we'll get to that, but uh, this this notion of client awareness, the significance of the fact that we should be not simply thinking about ourselves as artists and let our ego kind of drive the way, but think about how we can better serve our clients. And and again, your, your point there about being aware of what your clients need, what they want, is such a wonderful example for all of our listeners, and I, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to kind of dive into this conversation a little bit more then about art versus business. And, and I'm curious to get your take on what you feel like are the drawbacks then to focusing too much on the artistic side of things if someone wants to run a successful photography business. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I think that are terms on drawbacks. And first of all, you know, just let me make one statement that, you know, I'm in this as much as anybody is for the art. It is satisfying to the soul to create something that is unique and special, you know, for my couple. So I don't want to give the impression that you know, I'm not either appreciative or not even thinking about the art. For sure. um, th that that is that is one thing for sure here. But some of the drawbacks in terms of just focusing on the art for the sake of art, there's a couple of things. There's a reason why there's the saying of starving artists. If you want to pay your bills, you need to think more about becoming the business that focuses on the art of photography, no matter what market that you're going after. Because again, if you're not creating profitable transactions, if you're not creating a profitable experience, then it is impossible to live whatever lifestyle. I don't care if you're a minimalist or if you're somebody that requires an 8,000 square foot house. You need to be able to take care of the lifestyle, take care of your family, and that is so important. That is number one. Number two is if you're focused solely on the art, then you may or may not be focusing on what your client is looking for. And I'll give you an example. All right. A lot of times I'll get hired because they want storytelling in terms of really focusing on the photojournalistic, candid moment aspect of things. Sure. They're really not looking for avant-garde. But let's say if I was an avant-garde type of artist and was taking my couple and doing things that they didn't really want to do or never signed up for, then how happy is that client going to be at the end of the day, right? Exactly. So I want to focus on what my clients want, and, uh, and, and, and that goes a long way. We can still create art, but we want to, you know, to focus on that you know, all together. And then the third is that when you're focusing on the art, you are missing opportunities. You, know, you get you know, opportunities to you know, interact with people, in, you know, and not just on the wedding day itself here, but if you're only focused on the art, you know, how are you going to create those relationships? What are you going to do? Um, there's a, uh, an old saying that you shoot to edit, right? So you want to shoot to the purpose, all right? So when you're photographing or you're there at a venue, what is your focus above and beyond the client? Are you trying to establish a relationship? You know, whatever it might be, figure that out and use it to your advantage. So those are the three things I think would be you know, potential drawbacks if you're if you're just focusing on the art. Certainly. Well, and, and I, I love this conversation, the direction this is going, and I love the clarity, too, about the fact that, that, as I said earlier, art and business are not mutually exclusive. And the cool thing about 
taking some time to establish systems in your business, making sure that you've got the numbers in the right place, knowing the market that you're going after and making sure that you're serving them right, it, it actually frees you up to focus on the art versus getting in the way of allowing you to be an artist. And so I think that those kind of that, that tend to lean toward the artistic side in the photography industry need to just keep that in mind. It's, it's not about giving up the art. It's actually about establishing a business that, as you say, will support yourself and your family and whoever else might be involved. But at the end of the day, it's if you've established those systems, if you've created an effective business model, it will still give you the room and the freedom to practice your art and to do so actively even within the business. And I know we're going to talk about that here in just a second. The other thing that I love that, that you pointed out too in those three points um, is that you were looking at your, your business as a business that provided a photography service. And um, I, I know even myself, I was guilty of getting into photography back in 2000, I think about 2001. Um, it just, it was really just on a whim. I mean, I was excited about the, the, this fancy camera that I was going to get to buy. It was, it was very childish of me, but, um, regardless, I didn't have the business mindset getting into, into photography. It was more just about the photography, the notion of creating a business that so happens to be offering a photographic service. It's just a different mindset that I think sets you up for so much more success. And, and I think it's a great mentality for our listeners to consider as well. So this is really, really good. I, I'm going to ask then if, it, okay, we're going to focus on, on the business side of things. Make sure that that's a priority as, as you've described and, and just very eloquent detail. What are a couple of ways, two or three ways that photographers can still proactively make time for the artistic side of things uh, while they're running a photography business? Well, there's a couple of things that I, I think you can do. First of all, you know, at the wedding itself, um, although I'm doing things that are focused on what the client wants, if there's something that's quick and, um, you know, and, and can easily be done. I will do something for myself at that couple's wedding, whether it's a background, I'll give you one example. So, um, not too long ago, I had a wedding that had really, really tough weather conditions. And so the couple really wanted to get to the party. You know, there wasn't a lot of creativity. I really just had to do basic blocking and tackling. And the wedding itself um, <laughs> was was a bit of a grind, as we all know, that can happen on, on a tough weather day. Well, during the reception, you know, I noticed it was still raining. So what I did was I just asked the bride and groom if they could just take a second, if they didn't mind taking a second to step outside with me. And I did some off-camera flash that illuminated the raindrops from behind and you know, I was able to do something that I wanted to do. The couple loved it. It didn't take really much of any time away from them. And I was still able to to sort of satisfy that artistic soul on a day that, quite frankly, I had no business succeeding in anything, <laughs> but was able to, to plow through it, number one. That's awesome. Number two is, you know, is, currently it's fall in New England. So I'm in southern New Hampshire, and I love the foliage. And one of the things that I'll do is, you know, I'm driving all over creation, all over New England, and I'll actually, on the way up to a wedding, stop on the side of the road. And if I see, you know, a, a cool scenic vista, I'll go ahead and, you know, take a photograph of that. And, and so there's little things that I can do to, to, to create, um, you know, that, that side. But I'll take a picture and then continue on. And then, uh, you know, as much as I would love to say I do this quite a bit, um, lately it's been sort of next to nothing, but the other thing that people can do that uh, I've been told and certainly recommend is, you know, especially during the off season, is there a pet project? Is there something 
when it's a little bit slower that you can do that can satisfy that artistic soul. And who knows, maybe you can even, um, you know, leverage that into either a new service or something that you could uh, go in a different direction. So those are probably some of the two or three things that I would think uh, for me, um, satisfy, you know, the artistic side and, and make life good. For sure. Well, and, and when we were talking about that second point, um, before we started recording, you mentioned the idea of not losing connection, uh, I guess, with the original passion, right? So we are photographers, we are artists, we have a passion for that craft. And looking for opportunities, as, as you described, to exercise that that artistic passion, whether it's on the side of the road, on the way to the wedding, or on the wedding day itself, um, I think is absolutely wonderful. I used to shoot, uh, one of the things that I did, I, I would actually take a panoramic camera, uh, a Russian film panoramic camera, it shot 35 millimeter film, um, it would expose two frames, what would normally be, uh, or, or if, if you were to look at 35 millimeter negatives, two frames worth, so it's a, a wider shot, obviously, and I'd, I'd take that to the, the wedding day, I'd photograph a portrait of the couple with that panoramic camera, and then I'd print that on art paper, mount it on foam core, and give it to them um, almost as, as like a gift. Uh, but it gave me an opportunity and an outlet to, to kind of express my artistic side uh, on, on the wedding day itself. And then something else I really enjoyed doing um, from time to time was I, I had a, I still do actually, it's probably my favorite camera. Um, it's a twin lens Yashica uh, camera, film camera, mm. six by six. Everything's, of course, completely manual. It's, I think, from around the 50s, the 1950s. Uh, but I would pull that out, put some film in it. I, I did photograph clients um, two or three times with that camera. But even just to pull it out, stick it on the tripod, and it was almost a meditative process, having to set everything manually and take my time with an individual photograph you know, versus just firing away like crazy with my digital camera or my film cameras. Uh, and it, it was just a, it was a wonderful experience to be able to really enjoy taking my time with that. And that, for me, that was an artistic outlet that I enjoyed as well. But I think this is, this is really good. It's just a, it's what you're suggesting is a proactive effort at looking for opportunity, artistic opportunity more specifically. And, uh, I think it's a great example and a good reminder again for all of us. And, and I'll say again, I'll reiterate the fact that art and business don't have to be mutually exclusive. Peter's a great example of how to create a, a very profitable, very effective business, but at the same time still enjoy art in the process. And uh, so, Peter, I can't thank you enough for making time to come on the Boca podcast today to share with our listeners uh, this wealth of information. I'm seeing some opportunities maybe for a second or third podcast too in the future, but I just really can't thank you enough for making time today. No, thank you. And bring it on, baby. More <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Thank you.